Welcome to the Tools for Today's Farmers podcast, brought to you by the Purdue Extension Farm Stress Team. Our podcast will cover current issues in farming and will provide insight from a wide variety of experts in agriculture. Now let's get farm strong. All right, thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Rachel Dillhoff. And I'm your co-host, Abby Heidenreich. And today we are so happy to have Randy Crone joining us. And Mr. Crone is the president at the Indiana Farm Bureau and also a Purdue grad. So thank you so much for uh, agreeing to be part of this today. Uh, We're so happy to have you here. And can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your relationship um, or background and or background with the agricultural community? Be happy to. Thank you for the invite. Always happy to be able to talk a little about agriculture and what's going on around the state. Uh, A little about myself. Uh, I actually, first generation farmer, started my junior year of high school, had this crazy idea that I'd like to farm. Now, uh, my dad did farm in his younger years, but he actually quit farming and went to work for what was used to be known as Soil Conservation Service, SCS. Now it's known as NRCS. But so he spent 25 plus years there. And then I had this crazy idea that I'd like to farm. And luckily I had parents that were very supportive because you know when you're like 17 years old and you come up with this crazy ideal in the uh, like late 70s, uh, you know, not too many banks are gonna loan you a lot of money. So. Uh, we started farming just 66 acres and uh, have built it from there. Uh, went to Purdue, uh, graduated Purdue in 83 and came home and we were farming 400 acres and thinking that, you know, we would conquer the world. And, you know, considerable larger now, but we, we always look for things in our farm that we can do to make a little extra money. We grew for a lot of years, we were 100% white corn. We grow non-GMO uh, soybeans, non-GMO corn, whatever. We always look for things that a little extra management would get us more money on our farm. And you know, I'll say through the 80s, I think if anybody farmed through the 80s, you know that was a really rough time. And the white corn was what helped get us through. Those extra premiums we were getting uh, helped us survive that. But, been very fortunate. 83 after Purdue, I got married, uh, married a great wife, and she's a part. I, we're kind of partners in the farm. Now, for the first few years, she worked off the farm because, trust me, we need two things. We needed health insurance. We needed the money desperately. So, uh, but then after about 10 years, she's been a partner on the farm, Ben. You'll see her drive tractor, combine, whatever, just like anybody else, and probably, uh, in the fall, she still runs the grain cart. So does, uh, that's we always tell her because she's the best at it. And she is, she does a great job doing it. So I'm very, very appreciative of uh, what they're doing or what she does. Uh, six years ago, well, five years ago, I got elected Indiana Farm Bureau president. And now this is a full-time job, but luckily they allow Farm Bureau, you know, they want somebody still tied to the farm. So I still try to get home. I'm not there every day. So six years ago, our son graduated from school and came back 
and he keeps some day-to-day operation going on the farm. But it's kind of great therapy to go home weekends and then uh, I steal a few days here and there, run the combine or truck or whatever. And, uh, you know, that's great therapy, especially if the cell phone or nothing works. We're on a farm where nothing works and nobody can get a hold of you. So uh, that's a real quick overview. But uh, Deep Roots in Agriculture, believe in it, and got involved in Farm Bureau because just wanting to have a voice. It seemed like there was all kinds of things happening uh, to agriculture, impacting our bottom line or our pocketbook, and just didn't think I had a say in it. So I was looking for a way to get connected and have a little bit of a voice, and Farm Bureau happened to be that conduit for, for Joyce and I to be able to do that. And I, you know, it's been great. Now, if you had asked me when we got involved, would I ever be the president? I'd probably told you you were crazy, but uh, we're fortunate to have a lot of great members, grassroots that are engaged and make things happen. And, you know, we're in a great state, very lucky to have a state, uh, you know, a governor and lieutenant governor that are supportive of agriculture, which makes it a whole lot better than it could be. But that's a quick, I probably just went longer than you wanted, but that's a quick overview of, of thyself. But we do, uh, you know, I believe in agriculture. And I've had people ask before, you know, if you weren't farming, what else would you do? And you'd stop and think. And I'm like, I don't know what I do because I love what I do. And now there are ups and downs, but I love what I do. And, you know, I'd like to love the Farm Bureau part, but I still believe, you know, getting home, driving tractor, running combine, which I hope I'm doing this weekend, is great therapy. Absolutely. I hope you get to do that this weekend, too. Um, well, before we dive into the, the meat of this interview, we wanted to start with a fun activity and kind of break the ice a little bit. So uh, we've already talked a little bit about your uh, impressive singing skills. If you, <laughs> if you had to sing karaoke, what song would you pick? What song would I pick? Your go-to uh, karaoke jam. Not, none of the above. How's that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. What would I pick? What's your, your tractor jam when you're driving in the tractor and that song comes on and you just... <laughs> this is bad. I listen to podcasts, talk radio. I try to get all the news to consume everything so you know what's going on. <laughs> Perfect I dancer. I What's love it. That? <laughs> said perfect answer. Oh, that and see, <laughs> that wasn't even a setup. That's just but I figured I I'm always trying to get I don't listen to the radio that much for music. I'm always trying to listen to get like news. When I say news, what's going on in agriculture and, and learn things. And I don't know, I think I always try to do that because that way you know what the issues and what's impacting everybody. So I don't know. I don't have a good answer for what song because I don't listen that much. <laughs> I will. How's this? I'll tell you. I do like country. If I'm listening, it'll be something country music. That works. That's that's great. I, I'm I was going to say, if I say a song, you're going to tell me to sing it, and that's not <laughs> happening. I, probably <laughs> I was going to say too, like your wedding song. That would be a good answer, especially if your wife was listening. Uh, yeah, that'd be a really good one if I remembered. That was like oh. 36 years ago. <laughs> Man, we're trying to help you out here. Yeah, I know. I'm in trouble. <laughs> maybe, you know, maybe she won't listen in. But no, I mean, 
that's interesting though to 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 hear that you don't have the the quote unquote tractor jam but that you're always trying to learn something new and i think because you do have such a passion for farming and like you said it's interesting a lot of people they're the next generation of farmers um i think it is rather unique in some cases to be the first one to say this is something i believe so much in I want to do this. And then you just go from there and you've built and built and built upon this to get to where you're at today, which is amazing. And I'm sure along the way, it hasn't been smooth sailing. You've experienced some stressors, some, and as we know, some stress can be good. Um, but in, in a lot of cases, when it's your livelihood and you're putting everything into something, that stress can really impact you. Um, can you tell us a little bit about a time you were really stressed and how you dealt with that? You talked a little bit about farming in the 80s, um, which sounds like a very stressful time. So I don't know if you want to talk about that a little bit and what got you through that. See, I consider technically when I consider when I started farming was 83 and graduate from Purdue. Now we, I started and it was more part-time, but I, didn't, I wasn't married and you didn't have to make a full-time living, you know, have bills and stuff. So that's when the world kind of changed. And yeah, no doubt there was a lot of stress. If you farmed through the 80s and you survived, you did pretty well. And you learned how, one, to manage finances and two, to manage stress. And I'm trying to think, I mean, through the whole 80s, it was pretty stressful and different times, uh, if you farm, you know, whether weather's up and down can have you on a roller coaster. You know, this year in the southwest part of the state, we've been pretty blessed. Now, if you go back last year and we had what our annual rainfall by mid-June and no crops planted, and I mean the stress level just goes off the chart, then you're worried, you know, how do you survive? And you know, if you farm, you take a lot of pride and a lot of ownership in what you do. And that, I mean, that can be real troublesome in how you do it. Um, I mean, I can, there's a lot of stress. You, you have the market stress because, uh, you know, on outside factors, I said earlier, I got involved in Farm Bureau because it seemed like outside factors were influencing my pocketbook. But if you think about the trade issues that have gone on the last couple of years, and I mean, just overnight, you can lose, you know, 50 cents or a dollar a bushel on beans, and you know, 50 cents on corn, and you know, that, the stress level can go off the chart. And I will admit, you're gonna ask me how I deal with it. I can see that question coming. My wife will tell you I'm terrible at managing it, that I'm not very good at it because I'll let it work on me and just bother me, I, I admit. So there's, and I'm sure, I, I'm not the one to ask that because there are way better people than me that know how to deal with it. But, I think that's typical. If you're in livestock, you know, when you think about what happened here when COVID hit and the two main packing houses in Indiana closed down and uh, you had nowhere, a good friend of mine was supposed to be sending hogs Monday morning, a semi-load of hogs, and they closed Sunday and all of a sudden he had nowhere to go. You have baby pig, you know, the small pigs coming in or leaner pigs coming in and you know, that's, it, all those things are stressful. And then you add the financial side, you know, what's going to happen and how you survive. Uh, agriculture, hey, I love it, but it's 
not for the weak of mind because you got to be able to, to to pedal through this, and it's it is not easy. Um, you know, weather stress, market stress, all the outside factors, and I can kind of deal and manage the things that I can control, but it's all those uncontrollable that can get to be pretty bad. And I think the dairy farmers, uh, it's a little better now, but they went through a four-year stretch there where there was no profit. And, you know, last year and this year now looks better on our farm with good yields and price jumping here. But, you know, I told our son that, you know, our goal this year was just to break even, just get through this year, don't lose any money and survive. And you can do that, but you can't do it forever. I mean, you gotta be able to add to the bottom line, but that's agriculture, we have cycles. Yeah, I, I come from a farm family myself and all of the, the men in my family who farm, they all have full-time jobs and their retirements, what they say they wanna retire and do is full-time farm. But to get to that point, they have to, they're breaking their backs to, to make ends meet um, for something that they love. And I think there's a lot of farmers that do that because they love it so much. Um, but that stress builds on, and there's a statistic from the CDC that actually says that uh, suicide rates among farmers are one and a half times higher than the national average. Um, and I, I don't know what you think about that statistic, if you think that makes sense, if, if it doesn't, um, and, and why that would be the case. Uh, yeah, I believe that. I mean, I because of the stress levels. A lot of that goes along with any business that you own and what happens. I mean, because you take pride in ownership, it's yours and you want it to do well. But back to the, there's so many outside factors in agriculture and weather just being one of those that can put you on a roller coaster, you know, miss a couple of rains and your car and soybean, your crops just wither away, you know, like they did in 2012, you know, that's, that's pretty gut-wrenching when you go through things like that. Uh, then, uh, like I said, the trade issues, there's just a lot of things. You, we can, agriculture, because it's food and you wanna have food security, can get caught up in the political world quite often. And all those outside factors are just tough to deal with. And I, I, I wish I had the magic wand to tell you how to get through this and, and do it, but you know, survive. But I can tell you, there's a lot of farmers uh, that we're all in this together. And, and I, I little about Farm Bureau, that's what we're here for is try to help people, not only you know for the mental health side, but just to try to make sure you got a voice. And I think those things can help people have communications between each other. If you can talk to each other, it's bound to help uh, because we're all having the same problems. And I, and sometimes just to talk and realize you're not in the boat by yourself in having these problems. Others are too. And it probably comes back to communications because I think having some communications, uh, having friends, sometimes, you know, I realize we're all competitive, your neighbors and stuff, but I think, I deep believe that all farmers want to help each other. They, want, they don't want to see bad things happen like what you're talking, the suicide rate or, you know, them farm accidents too, but you, we don't want to see that. That is not what we want, no matter what. Might be competitive, 
but you don't want to wish bad things on anybody. Absolutely. And I think that's one thing that we try to talk to farmers about is the importance of talking with your neighbors and reaching out if you notice that something is off because one of the first things to um, become evident when someone is dealing with chronic stress or with a little bit more um, depression than they're able to handle on their own is that their um, attention to detail goes away a little bit and so you know the grass may not be mowed as often as it normally is or you know the the farm looks a little rougher than normal or um, accidents are happening more frequently because less attention is being paid to the details and the safety features. And that's one of the things that comes along with that uh, suicide statistic is um, that that number could even be higher because some farm suicides are masked as farm related accidents, um, which is something that, you know, we hate to think about, we hate to talk about, but it's something that we really need to come to terms with as an industry if we're going to make a positive change. And I think, um, like you said, just communicating with each other, just reaching out and talking, even though your, your neighbor farmer is your most direct competitor, there's no shame in admitting that, hey, you need a little bit of help right now because you're dealing with something that you can't face on your own. Um, I, I agree. I, at Farm Bureau here, we've had multiple discussions how do we help farmers and trying to come up and there is no magic wand, uh, but we want to, you know, there are sources out there and ones that want to help. And we've tried to figure out what can we do or how do we do it? And I, I'm a believer that back to the communications is a big part of it. And sometimes, you know, if you know somebody that's having a tough, challenging time, just talking to them, having a conversation and, let them understand that, you know, hey, you might have went through the same thing or might be doing almost the same, having the same issues now. I mean, in agriculture, the finance side, we're all in it together no matter what when it's up and down. And just, you got to reach out. And I guess I'd ask anybody, you know, if you're struggling, don't hesitate to ask for help. I, I know farmers are pretty proud and I fall in that group. My wife would tell you that too. So, but you know, there's nothing wrong asking for help. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we talk a lot about um, stresses that are related to agriculture, but there's a lot of good and positive things that are happening in the industry as well. Uh, what's something that you feel hopeful for in the industry in general? I know you've got a lot of good things happening at Farm Bureau and we'll, do, we'll get to that in a second, but what's something more general that you're really hopeful for um, in the agriculture industry right now? Oh, that's a good question. But part, I guess uh, a little bit here is that we probably part of it that I'm hopeful for is we can get back to a more normalized trade situation. Uh, we got USMCA finalized and everybody signed it. Uh, that's a big one to trade with our neighbors. Looking, you know, we got a phase one deal on China. That's a positive. Now we'll have to see if they fulfill their commitment. But there are some good signs here. If we can get past COVID and get things back to more normal, what I don't know what normal is anymore, but more normal, I think uh, there, I, I still feel pretty hopeful. You know, you look at corn and soybeans right now and the prices they're at 60 days ago, no farmer would have thought we would be where, you know, where we're at. And uh, there's always good things. And I, I always say, if you're a farmer, 
you got to be optimistic and next year it's always going to be better. I don't care what kind of year you had, next year will always be better. And that, I think that's, you wouldn't farm if you didn't believe that. Absolutely. Um, and then is there anything that you want to talk about, any projects that you're working on with Farm Bureau? Sure. There's all, I can, uh, there's all kinds of projects. I want to touch on two of them real quick. One, uh, the last few years or when I became president, traveling the state, talking to farmers all the time, the one that popped up is healthcare. The cost of it and being self-employed and how do you take, you know, I can't afford it. I've heard more people tell me I can't afford it or I don't even have healthcare. And that relates back to the mental health. If you don't have insurance, you're sure not gonna get help. Uh, so last year at the state house, we passed special legislation uh, that will allow us to offer a health benefit plan. And so we're rolling that out. It will become available October 1. Policies, the effective date of them will start January 1. So here fairly soon we'll be able, we'll do pre-sales, but this will have telehealth part of it, mental health. There's a lot of parts of this. It will be uh, very good coverage and at a lot more reasonable cost than what's out there if you're on the marketplace. So now if you're getting it through a spouse or you have an off-farm job, this isn't gonna do it, but this will help uh, ones what I call sole proprietors, independent contractors, a uh, lot of good coming here. So we're pretty excited about this to be able to deliver a product to our Farm Bureau members and farmers that hopefully will help them save some money and be a really good, good product. The other one that state house, you know, the first year will start this, they'll be back in session somehow, whether virtually or in person. Um, the COVID issues have highlighted the poor quality broadband that we have uh, across the state, especially in the rural communities. And, you know, that's our members, that's farmers. And, you know, we need that better broadband to be able to use the technologies on our farm and Back to, uh, you know, telehealth is a big one, uh, or teledoc, whatever you want to call it, you know, uh, is a really big one. So we're going to be putting a lot of emphasis this next year on trying to get underserved. We've always talked about unserved, and some of those with some grants are getting covered, but there's a lot of underserved areas across this state. So as we go forward, we'll be working on it. We're going to need a lot of farmers, just a lot of members around to talk to legislators and tell them that it is important if we're going to have a good quality of life, we've got to have broadband equivalent to what our city friends have across the state. So a couple of issues we're working on, very important. And uh, there's always there's always those outliers. You don't know what's here yet. Something will pop up, but we'll be working on it. Probably farm bill is going to be coming pretty quick too. So we'll be working on that one too. Great. And now, where uh, can people go for more information on that? Indiana, you can go to indianafarmbureau.org and our website, and then they'll have, there will be a link to the health benefit plan, and then there's a link to our public, public policy team, which will have all the legislative issues. So happy to have them. And if we can help, they're free to call. I mean, I take calls all the time with farmers, and we've got a staff of about 55 people here that try to represent agriculture each and every day, working, working on behalf of farmers because you know, they're in the field, they're doing other things. They can't be at the state house. They can't be in 
our nation's capital. So we're trying to do those things and make sure that they've got a voice. Oh, that's amazing. That's great. And I, I really hope people take advantage of that. And I'm excited uh, to, to see what comes of that. That's so great. And uh, thank you so much for your time, for telling us about yourself and, and what you've done. It's, it's really great to hear that, especially from uh, the president. I mean, my goodness. So thank you again. Um, and thank you all for listening to Tools for Today's Farmer podcast. Uh, if you'd like some more information from us, you can go to Purdue Extension Farm Stress Team, uh, extension.purdue.edu backslash farm stress, or you can find us on Facebook, um, Purdue Extension Farm Stress Team. And another thing that we like to highlight too is if you do use social media um, and you want to share some of your story with us, We'd like to use the hashtag farmstra, farm strong, um, just to, to bring that agricultural community together. It's showing that resiliency and um, how farmers are strong enough to overcome anything that comes their way. So like I said, if you would like to share a story, uh, make sure you do the hashtag farm strong. And again, uh, thank you so much for listening. I am your host, Rachel Dillhoff. And I'm Abby Heidenreich. All right. Have a great day.